Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one. We will be spoiling the episode we're discussing and past episodes, but no spoilers for future episodes. Stabbing my girlfriend in the gut so that I can feed her blood to my boyfriend? I'm Harrison. And losing my virginity to a werewolf a couple days before I might die? I'm Jason. (laughs) What episode are we watching this week, Harrison? We are watching Season 3, Episode 21, Graduation Day, Part 1. This is the one where uh, Xander plays Hangman. Uh, This is the one where... (laughs) Oz and Willow Bone. Uh, this is the one where Giles stabs the mayor in the chest and it's the hottest fucking thing I've ever seen in my goddamn life. Uh, hotter than the, the uh, one. Hotter than going after Angelus with fire. Yes. I think so. Wow, okay. Alright then. I think so. I think that's like at number two. This is like, because it's pre- he's protecting Buffy. That was more like revenge, and I'm into revenge, but here he's like, it's all about protecting Buffy, and that's hot. Yeah, that paternal uh, care trumps revenge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this is the one where Faith shoots Angel with an arrow, and Buffy stabs Angel. Or Faith, sorry. Got her exes mixed up. So are we like... Are we going to actually discuss this episode? Because you kind of just <laughs> ran through it all right there. Thanks for joining us on Booze and Buffy. <laughs> Graduation Day Part 1 <laughs> was written and directed by Joss Whedon and originally aired May 18th, 1999. Jason, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking my last Boddington's, um, seemed like a nice, Mm -hmm. the weather's really nice today, and so it seemed like a good day for a nice light lager, or Mm -hmm. ale, this is an ale, excuse me. (laughs) Very nice. Uh, I am drinking a very small glass of, uh, of Pinot Grigio, um, as I mentioned to Jason before we started recording, I'm very hungover today, so, uh, I'm just... Starting my afternoon out light. It's going to be a great episode, you guys. <laughs> uh, and it is your turn to lead us in a toast. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I guess it is. Um, okay. Here's to those who graduated high school this past, uh, this past spring Sorry you couldn't get a traditional high school graduation, but don't worry, you still did it. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah, it seems very strange to be talking about, like, all of the senior high school rituals and stuff after, like, after uh, after a school year that ended in a very, <laughs> very untraditional way. Yeah. Um, it also just feels very weird to be talking about all that stuff in September, um, yeah, uh, but uh, unfortunately, we have not not been able to line up with any holidays since last Halloween. So um, we open up as a uh, there's a flurry of graduation uh, activity uh, abounding. Um, 
<laughs> Xander and Cordelia are discussing their uh, their graduation robes. Uh, Buffy is uh, hell or not Buffy. Cordelia is like hella mad that they didn't go with the teal that she wanted. Uh, but Xander thinks that the maroon is dignified, especially since they'll probably die during it. Also, maroon is the school's colors. Like, yeah, it's one it's of the school's mar- like colors. Maroon and so yellow. Maroon and yellow, yeah. Those are literally the school colors. <laughs> I don't know where teal came into that, but... I think it just... I think she just really likes the color. It complements her skin well, and uh, I mean, that's what she wants. And she she, wears, she wears the... Yeah, she wears she wears the shit out of everything. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, we, my favorite thing in this bit uh, is um, Harmony getting Willow to sign her uh, her yearbook, and she's like, they're they're just acting like the they've been the best of friends for years, and then Buffy's like, don't you hate her? And she's like. With a fiery vengeance, the vacuous tramp. <laughs> uh, she bullied me for ten years. Oh yes, um, but I, it really does capture that. I think very real. Um, uh, not necessarily just the end of high school feeling, but the end of anything significant feeling of like even the parts of it that you kind of hated. You're like, oh, I'm kind of gonna miss. I'm gonna miss this dumb bitch who who bullied me. <laughs> Also, um, it might be a, it might be a tad different for us. I don't know about you. I don't know how many people from your grade school went also went to Trinity, but I Is didn't have about half. Oh, really? Okay. Well, like, well, I, I didn't have a... spe- it more of a quarter because obviously none of the girls went, but ha- about half yeah, of the it's... guys. It was pretty pretty evenly split between us and Trinity, and then like maybe a smidgen of people who went to like manual or ballard or something so my uh so first of all my grade school closed um during my seventh grade year so i went to a different grade school for eighth grade and then two schools um so my original grade school that i was in from kindergarten through seventh grade yeah this is a this is a catholic school uh this is a Catholic grade school, so we go K through eight, and um, that was Thomas Merton Academy, which okay. I shit you not, if you drive by Preston Highway and go to where it used to be, it is now called Terror of Demons Academy. What? Yeah, no, what? I'll I'll text you a damn picture of it, but uh, like this shit is real. Um, yeah, like, cause that's where, um, <laughs> I feel like you're not even listening to me. You're just trying to find that. <laughs> Sorry, I am. What the fuck? <laughs> Hang on, let me see if I can find the picture for you in my, uh, I think I still have it in my photos. <laughs> We're sorry, you guys. Uh, yep. Okay. Here, here it comes. I'm shooting it to you right now. What the fuck? <laughs> it's a and okay, so I that is insanity. And I'm I like I looked it up and it's saying that it's like it's a place for homeschooled kids to like meet up, like to have to be for like group activities and like socializing and stuff. What? 
Well, I'm, I'm not going to go like too much into the politics of what happened after the school closed. Um, needless to say, a long story short, a very, very conservative priest took over the church that mm -hmm. was attached to the school and yeah kind of had some ideas on what should go where and what the priority should be uh, it sounds like it wasn't education yeah um again not going to go into the politics so <laughs> moving on to that um i went to a uh, high i went to eighth grade at saint helen which okay. also closed during the like after the one year that i went there so everybody's like Jason, you're cursed. I hope you don't yeah. close St. X. I'm like, I'm not going to close St. X. Yeah, um, I think Saint, I don't think St. X is going anywhere. It's not. Um, it is one of the premier educational institutes in the city of Louisville, Kentucky. I'm one, um, of, the, one of the oldest, too, right? Like, in 1864, I think. Yeah. I also, might be ha I also might have that year in my head because of... Um, that's an important year in the Vampire Diaries, which I've been watching. <laughs> Um, it's either 1864 or 1865. I think the only Catholic school, high school that's still around that's older than that is... Uh, is Sacred is, Heart. No, I was going to say it's Prez. Oh, Prez is yeah. like 1840s, I, maybe. Yeah, that's true. Um, is, I Sacred, think Sacred Heart's Heart... about the same age as St. X, right? I thought it was like... I, I thought it was later 1800s, but y'all, these maybe. schools are really old. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then um, so My, Trinity I, opened in the fifties, and it's one of the newer ones. <laughs> two um, two people from my class at Saint Helen went to Saint X as well, and um, I think maybe one person from Saint from TMA Thomas Merton Academy went to Saint X. But yeah, I'd like I mostly was just kind of I knew just like one or two people going in, and then mm. the rest of the high school world was strange to me so but the point i made i was trying to make pedaling all the way back to that was i think it's a uh, different for like public school kids because i feel like a lot of them go from the same elementary school to the same middle school to the same high school mm -hmm. so like you're talking about spending 12 12 or 13 years together i mean obviously there's not a full like there's not a full transition for each student along the way, but I mean, it's like, uh, it's like Willow said, like, oh, she tormented me for 10 years, um, when she's talking about harmony. So I think like, it's really, it's really tight knit in, mm -hmm. um, in public high schools, even if it's like, uh, even if like you aren't really friends with somebody, it's still somebody that you've known for a long time. Yeah. But yeah, Buffy, um, she's um she's not really into the whole uh she's not really uh into this whole thing because well, she's worried about you know, ascension is coming and uh, also Angel, we find out later that Angel hasn't really talked to her since the prom. Mm -hmm. Uh but yeah, and uh while Willow sits down uh after getting a coke from the trying to get a root beer but actually getting a coke <laughs> from the machine and apparently i was reading the buffy wiki this is an in joke um willow comments that she'll miss the sunnydale high soda machine which never gives her the drink she chooses 
probably as a result of being bashed about by Buffy and Halloween and Xander and the Zeppo. This is an in-joke, as fans have pointed out, that it actually dispenses types of soda cans that aren't amongst the choices available on the selection panel. (laughs) That's the hell mouth work in. (laughs) (laughs) But um, But she gets a Coke after trying to get a root beer, and sits down and... um. While she and Buffy are discussing how worried they are about um, the mayor uh, being, like, how Buffy might just skip graduation to go fight the mayor, that's when Xander reveals that, oh, hey, by the way, the mayor's going to be our commencement speaker. Yep. Uh, Which, you know, solves that little dilemma pretty tidily for Buffy. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, hey, you know what? (coughs) At least it all's going to be in the same place, and I'm going to be... I'll be ready for the event. <laughs> um, yeah. They, <laughs> um, we move over to Faithland, where um, she meets up with a uh, professor. Uh, and as we dis- uh, discussed, I think, in Becoming, um, being an academic in Sunnydale is a really dangerous job. It is funny that this is the second season finale in a row that um the second part one of a season finale in a row yeah. that features an academic being killed by the bad guy <laughs> yeah right by um, a bad guy in um in the in that first part yeah. uh but yeah there's not really uh and this and she and he asks like oh why are you doing this and um she says like oh you know i don't ask and takes yeah. out a visibly less impressive knife than the one the mayor gave her and uh i think they were trying to make a point with that of um (laughs) of like oh yeah this is clearly not the knife she wants she misses her old knife um i would too that that knife no don't like it um the professor says that he'll scream and she just goes who wouldn't and (laughs) (laughs) and yeah then she she kills this guy uh and and while she's killing him there's a short like pan of the camera over to a drawing of an erupting volcano Mm -hmm. i wonder if that's what does that mean (laughs) um so can we talk real quick about giles and wesley fencing yeah one (laughs) why is it happening (laughs) i mean i I get like people are like oh why is wesley here oh he's british so i guess he's with the other british guy but (laughs) fencing in the middle of the library i i really wish another student had walked in at some point um like I like Xander's point later when they're fi- looking at the one book, and Xander's like, "Wow, pretty convenient. No one ever checked this out." <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. they are they're fencing, and Giles isn't even like bothering to pay attention. He's reading the fucking newspaper while fencing with Wesley, and like Wesley's Wesley. giving it his all. <laughs> um, it is a pretty impressive showing from Wesley. Um, he's just so upstaged by Giles' like effort- effortless sexiness. <laughs> uh, right. Effortless sexiness. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. Um 
So, yeah. And uh, so they, they're they looking at the murder in the newspaper. And Buffy immediately assumes that it's Faith. And so she puts together a plan um, to go check out what's going on. Um, to see why on earth the mayor would go to the lengths to have this professor killed when he's about to kill everybody in a couple days anyway. Mm-hmm. And of course, yeah. Wesley decides to make it look like he's giving her permission to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he's like, oh, by uh, by hide, trying to hide the evidence, he may have inadvertently led us right to it. And Buffy's like, yeah, we already got there. <laughs> yep, we're there, man. Uh, um, meanwhile, uh, Xander shows up late to class. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently, like, the seniors aren't the only people who are basically in the mindset of, yeah, man, school's over, because after giving a, uh, after giving a very chiding speech to Xander, the teacher then says, would you like to begin? And he's like, E? Turns out they're playing Hangman. <laughs> Love this bit. It's a really good, yeah, it's a really good bit. And I swear, the teacher looks so familiar but I he's can't... been on the show before. He has. So he was the teacher back in Anne, who I mentioned. I pointed out. I was like, this teacher pops up periodically as just oh, like yeah. random teacher. He's the one who like it, when they're in the hallways. Like, I don't know. He says something kind of similar here, where he gives a like so, a kind of a purple prose kind of speech. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's in like he's in at least one more episode. I think maybe in. I meant that he looked a little two, more Mr. familiar from other thing in other things, um, but I'd have to like look that up. Uh, I guess he's um, Mr. Miller. Mr. Miller, he is. He was in four episodes. He was in Innocence. Um, I think in Innocence, or no, he was in Innocence. He was also in I Only Have Eyes for You, and I think in Only I Only Have Eyes for You, he's the one who writes um, like "Don't Walk Away from Me, Bitch" on the board. Oh, okay, gotcha. And then, yeah, he's in Anne, and he's in this episode. Um, I don't know. I don't really I'm see anything up. else that I would have seen him in. Um, that we, gosh, he works a lot though. Just looking at his IMDb page, mm-hmm. um, as am I. He yeah, looks like he does he a, a bit of voice work. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, oh, he's in Crashing. Interesting. Okay. Either way, um, meanwhile, Anya is doing her uh, her best to be chill and asks Xander out on a date. Um, she Would says, you "Like, like to do some entertaining thing? Do you like sports? <laughs> we can go watch sports." <laughs> and uh, and um, and that's when uh, Xander basically says. Yeah, you know what? I'm uh, kind of a little occupied with this whole Ascension thing, and this makes Anya just immediately, like, stop in her tracks. And mm-hmm. Xander brings um, Xander brings her to the library to reveal to uh, Buffy, Wesley, and Giles that she actually witnessed an Ascension um, while she was trying to... Uh, basically curse a man into fucking sheep for the rest of his life. (laughs) 
Hanya. <laughs> and um, but... I really like this part because so I'm as I mentioned earlier, I'm currently watching the Vampire Diaries uh, as well as uh, watching our Buffy episodes. And one thing um, I've noticed that's a big difference between them is that Buffy, the mythology of Buffy isn't really a, it's never really the priority, or it's not a priority in a lot of episodes, whereas the continuing mythology of how demons, uh, of how vampires and later how other other, uh, supernatural beings work is a huge part of the Vampire Diaries uh, plot. Mm -hmm. And... um, but I really like how Anya kind of reveals that you guys have never seen a pure demon. Demons that you encounter are hybrid demons. Like vampires are hybrids between the demons and humans yeah. and other things like that. So the mayor is, and anybody who ascends, is set to become a pure demon, which are a lot different. One thing being that they're a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's exciting. Yeah. Um, I also really love how they've brought Anya into this. I I get the feeling that Anya becoming um, a more important character was a complete accident. Because mm-hmm. um, her appearance in The Wish feels like it was supposed to be just a one-off. It and does. And then they... I, I've never gotten any confirmation that this is how it happened, but I would suspect they... Vampire Willow was super popular. They wanted to bring Vampire Willow back for an episode. And Anya was the best way to, to do that. And then um, and then we get, um, for uh, in this and the prom, um, I, suspe- I kind of wonder if they were just like, well, we need someone to go with Xander and she's a female character that is familiar to the audience and I mean, it, maybe it we could, could have some fun with that. It could be that um, she was only slated to make those two appearances, uh, Doppelgangland and With the Wish, but maybe they were so impressed by how she did that they're like, hey, let's see if we can actually bring her into the bring her into so. the cast. And um, I think it works. She's really, I mean, also just in this episode... She's a really easy, convenient way to get this information across to the characters and to us, um, and it makes sense. Like we're like, oh yeah, that tracks. That you know, we yeah. Know she's honestly, like over the, a thousand honestly, years old. like uh, hats off to the very creative decision to have a character be a former vengeance demon. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. Love it. Um, and uh, also, and you know who doesn't love it though, Willow. Because oh my god. She walks in, she's like, why is evil girl here? <laughs> and then they're like, she witnessed an ascension, and Willow's like, well, okay then. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is a trait we've seen before. Willow does not like when uh, when other people get to be in the group. She bristled really hard originally at Jenny Calendar. Um, when, and of, and of course, it, Cordelia. Of and course, Faith. Cordelia. And yeah, and... But not Oz, we'll notice. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I um, wonder why. <laughs> but, 
But I, because I, I can't remember which episode it is. It's an early season two one where Jenny Callender's in one of the Scooby meetings. And Willow literally just goes, what's she doing here? And and Jenny's like, whoa, like, I did not deserve that. Hostility. Which is very interesting <laughs> in how, how important Jenny becomes to Willow. Uh, to Willow, yeah. This was pre-bonding. <laughs> But, yeah, but uh, um, Willow doesn't necessarily like it when uh, outsiders get to be in the group. She's very protective because um, this thing started with her and and mm. Xander and Buffy, and uh, she like considers them. And you know, I can relate in some part. She considers yeah. them like her best friends, and it's probably the best the best friendships that she's ever had. So she kind of enjoys keeping it like that yeah so bringing in somebody else into the mix is very uh and also also in the original in the original scooby gang i meant to include giles but uh bringing somebody else in even if it's an actor that she later marries uh is very (laughs) that's i believe that's uh three references i've made to uh i believe so to Alexis Denisoff and Allison Hannigan being married in real life. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, while all of this is happening, the uh, uh, Principal Snyder is explaining the lineup of uh, events at graduation to the mayor. And the mayor mm-hmm. is basically giving him a good old pat on the back saying, well, you got, you've done a You've done Sunnydale a great, a great favor, and it will be repaid. And this basically puts him on uh, Sunnydale's campus, uh, so that he can then walk into the mm-hmm. library. And I gotta tell you, I love this scene. I I just yeah, love it's him. So good. It's it's always it's always a little um, heart race. It always makes your heart race a little bit when the villain walks into the hideout of the good guys mm-hmm. like uh i immediately thought of the green power ranger walking into the command center and then just like <laughs> uh-huh. ripping the shit out of all the consoles to mess with zordon yeah. um but yeah especially in this case where they cannot physically harm the villain yeah like if he tries they're anything, they're helpless fun. yeah um he he taunts them he's just been a real dick about it and uh he says uh to giles regarding Buffy, um, that's a spunky little girl you've raised there. I'm going to eat her. And you and know, that, Giles, yeah. oh, god damn, I, I know we've already talked about it, but I have to talk about it again. He just grabs that sword, he doesn't even think about it, and shoves it through the mayor's fucking chest. And, of course, it doesn't do anything. The mayor's like, ha, I think it. Giles knew that it wasn't going to do anything. He did it because he knew it wasn't going to do anything. It's just like, hey, you still piss me off, even though I'm not giving you a pass just because you're invincible. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I have to it. say, as as funny as that line is that he's going to eat Buffy, I I think my favorite line that the mayor has in this scene is uh, when he takes out the sword, starts wiping it off, and says, I, I sense fear. Good. It's like, mm-hmm. you, you, you've had this nice guy persona for so long that when he deviates from it for even Mm -hmm. just a little line like that it it has such a has such a crazy effect and we're gonna get um and 
and like I'm not even gonna say uh, not even talking about the ascension, but we're gonna get a really great moment of that uh, next week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's really mm-hmm. chilling how quickly he's able to to switch between the two. Um, they uh, because immediately after that he's like, oh, but you know, can't wait for graduation. There's gonna be one heck of a speech. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he, uh, um, oh my gosh, I, Harry Groner, I forgot his name for a second. Uh, Harry Groner just does so much with this role. Um, it, really, I love that. Really excellent. Yeah, I love that. Um, I mean, we've had the big bads of the past two seasons. Um, obviously, Angelus is a really amazing big bad. Um, and Spike is too counting them, but, uh, between those two and the, between those two, Drusilla and the master, it's like, oh, big bads have been vampires. They've been Mm -hmm. very different vampires, but, uh, they've been vampires. So Harry Gruner's mayor is so much fun and a really cool sign of how diverse they want to be with their seasoned villains. Um, it's, it's really kind of the first big unique step that they take mm-hmm. um and i mean if you're if your main villain's going to be a vampire every season it doesn't matter how much cool story you give it it's going to be a hard sell i think yeah uh, yeah i think the so, show is really good at that diversity of their villains um yeah and buffy's particularly not even their big bads and also like uh, even if it's the beginning of the episode Buffy's not always fighting a vampire. Sometimes mm. she's fighting, like, random blue dudes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Anya basically is like, fuck this. I've seen an Ascension before. Maybe, like, three people survived. I'm out. Uh, and she, um, she tries to get uh, Xander to go with her to flee town. And he uh, he says no. He has to stay and help his friends, even though, as he confided to Cordelia before, he's pretty sure he'll die. Yeah, um, and Anya says that he'll probably just get in the way, but, I mean, the fact that Xander still wants to, like, stay and fight, even though, mm-hmm. as Cordelia's pointed out, he doesn't have any magic powers or super strength or anything. He's just Xander, so... So, you know, it's interesting. I uh, I was thinking about this the other day. John and I recently watched all the way through for the first time uh, Avatar. Um, Sokka? Yeah, Xander and Sokka have a lot in common. Um, no, I, dude. Except like, I, I like Sokka. Oh, I love Sokka. Um, no, Sokka man, is like... a Xander character, I think, done better. I've seen... I've seen... Um... I've seen that in Avatar, and I've also seen that in uh, in Shira um, with uh, with Bo. Um, Bo is very much a. Uh, I mean, he's in the end, he's just got a bow and arrow, but he's also kind of the guy who reminds Adora and uh, Glimmer that hey, we're strongest when we're working together, and our friendship is mm-hmm. is the thing that we're trying to preserve and. Yeah, it's it's cool to see those um it's cool to see those kind of trio pairings. I mean, granted, 
uh, in Avatar, they're later joined by Toph and uh, and other characters. But uh, yeah, it's it's cool to see that trio chemistry recurring throughout the uh, throughout uh, fiction. So mm-hmm. I like it. Anyway, go um, watch Avatar and She-Ra if you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> um, as uh, is it is this the is this the scene the last scene with Anya or does she have one more? This is the last one with Anya. Okay. Yeah, because she's asking she, uh, Xander to drive with her. So yeah, I wanted to make sure that I uh, I had I was this was the right scene where I had this line, but she says um, as he's walking away from her, she yells after him, "Fine, I hope you die. Aren't we gonna kiss?" <laughs> uh, oh, Anya, she's which, still oh, she's oh still trying God. to work out this whole humanity thing. Yep she's getting there uh that that feels that uh that feels uh realistic that uh <laughs> i hope you die aren't we going to kiss oh man <laughs> okay um uh also uh buffy she basically it's great because she's packing a suitcase in joyce's room and joyce comes in and says buffy are you leaving town again with my clothes? <laughs> uh, we already saw her steal that coat from Buffy, or from Joyce. And the uh, and the earrings. And the earrings. Buffy, <laughs> get it together. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, God, kleptomania in the summers. <laughs> this, uh, this scene is just so nice. I, I feel like I say that anytime Joyce is on screen, especially this season, I'm just like, oh my gosh, this scene is lovely. I think this is Joyce's only scene in the episode, too. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, but yeah, she wants to be there for Buffy's graduation. and But she doesn't really, she's not going to get the chance because she's like, oh, it's not like some big demon's going to come out. And Buffy gives her this look and she's like, aww. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck this. Um, but Buffy tells her she has to leave town. Uh, and Joyce says, I'm not leaving without you. You you have to come with me if I'm going. And Buffy says, no, you know, I can't. And Joyce says, then I can't either. Um, but Buffy tells her, you know, I have to fight this thing. I can't be worried about you while I'm fighting. I will get distracted and I will get killed if I know that you're here and in danger. And Joyce agrees. Um, she that's That is... That's the thing that convinces Joyce that to leave town when Buffy asks her to, which is, um, I I think that's just it's such a testament to the bond that these two have formed. And yeah, because you look at where formed. they are at the beginning of season three, um, mm-hmm. how Joyce is trying to accept, but is finding very hard to accept this Slayer uh, calling that uh, Buffy has, yeah. and and now they're at a point where. If Buffy says there's danger, then Joyce gets it. Yeah. Um, it's lovely. It is. Um, speaking of things that are lovely... Oh, wait a minute. Uh, I do have to say, I oh, love sorry, that Joyce... I, I do love Joyce's last line where she says, I really think I should have taken put you in another school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is... She's like, you know, looking back on it. <laughs> love that. Um, 
Willow and Oz are uh, researching. Uh, they're trying to find some way to stop the ascension. And um, Willow is like freaking the fuck out. And she basically says that she's found spells that uh, turn what turn like plants invisible or something. Oh, gosh, and, I can't uh, even remember what it was. I just all I remember is Oz's response to it. Yeah, <laughs> he is, says our lives are our lives are, our lives are different from other different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, which I mean, they had a. Um, yeah. They have, they actually have the quote here on the wiki. Yay. Um, Willow says, this is so frustrating. Oz says, nothing useful. Willow says, no, it's great. If we want to make ferns invisible or communicate with shrimp, I've got the goods right here. And then Oz says, our lives are different from other people's. <laughs> and, Understatement um, <laughs> of the series. <laughs> and But that kind of, uh, that kind of pisses Willow off. She She kind of accuses him of like, not caring of just being like un- if only like she had seen him in choices when right, yeah he flings that uh witch's pot to the side uh, and he he asks basically like would it be helpful if i panicked and she's like yes it would be great if you panicked <laughs> and then he kisses her so passionately and she says what are you doing and she he says panicking and then they fuck. I've been feeling fine, baby. And thank God Willow didn't have time to put on her Al Green CDs. <laughs> um, it's it's very you know I was being very crass by saying they fuck, but uh, no, it's um, it is very sweet. It's a it's a lovely uh, it's a lovely moment between these two. I've, you gotta I love, really love the it. fact that it's. It's the most tender loss of virginity that happens in the show, really, because, I mean, mm-hmm. Buffy, as soon as she has sex, Angel turns into, loses his soul, and, uh, and, uh, Xander has sex with, uh, with Faith, and that turns out to be meaningless to Faith, so, mm-hmm. and Xander's just kind of like, oh, hey, I just had sex. Yep. <laughs> This is definitely uh, of the core trio, uh, the most uh, the most positive first sexual experience, uh, uh, and I am I am happy for them. Yeah, um, and I gotta say, like I'm the the fact that they also both enjoyed the experience mm-hmm. too, because I mean, I don't know about you, but first times can be uh, they can be a little uh, interesting. <laughs> depending on uh the experience that uh either person yeah. has compared that the other person has compared to the uh the person whose first time it is mm-hmm. uh, i feel like if i say anything else it'll be uh <laughs> it'll be a little too telling <laughs> they um i also just like after afterwards uh willow says like i feel different and she asks Oz if he feels the same, and he, and then she kind of backpedals because she's like, "No, you've already, you've had sex before. Of course, you don't feel different." And he says, "No, I do feel different." Um, and I like that. I like that they tie that feeling of "I feel different" less to the concept of virginity and more to their their connection to one another. Um, yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, it's about yeah. I mean, like that's physical 
intimacy in whatever form it is, whether it's just touch or if it's full on like actual sex, um, it's very important to a relationship. Um, it's not the most important thing to a relationship, but I mean, if, if that's in a good place, it's, it could be a sign of a good relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so Buffy, I always feel like whenever I talk about sex on this podcast, I sound like Jim's dad from American Pie, like Eugene Levy's <laughs> character. So, okay. It's a it's a perfectly natural thing. So from now on, anytime you talk about sex on the podcast, you have to do it in a Eugene Levy voice. I, I don't do a good Eugene Levy voice. You just heard that. It's not great. Well, listen, man, I don't make the rules. I just enforce them. And I mean, have you listened to this podcast? We talk about sex quite a bit. <laughs> I mean, hey, sex is amazing. Sex is great. George Michael told us so. Um, I so, want your sex. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Buffy is uh, searching the professor's apartment for clues. Remember um, the professor? He was like... He was a full, like, will of virginity ago. <laughs> oh. Poor I'm Professor. Sorry. Also, he has a name. I feel like we just keep calling him the Professor. He's Professor Worth. Um, but uh, Angel also decides, I'm going to investigate too. Um, so he shows up. And they um, they have a, just a really awkward... Uh, a tiff awkward encounter yeah as they are carrying a box full of documents and um yeah they start arguing about their relationship and then uh gets cut short when faith shoots angel through the chest uh with an arrow um and the vampire who's hanging out with faith says um oh you missed the heart and she said oh i w meant to yeah, meant to. And uh, it's really interesting that uh, Buffy and Angel are kind of making a scene in the middle of the street. <laughs> and nobody's really stopping. Um, but then, like, when... <laughs> Sunnydale. Thankfully, when Angel gets shot with an arrow, people do stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, they... Uh... I, I do love this vampire that's with Faith, whose whole existence is so that we can get the um, this exposition that she deliberately missed Angel's heart. And when she he says, she says, like, meant to, this vampire's like, whoa, what? <laughs> so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want to I want to know more about this guy. I want to I want his story. <laughs> They, um, we, uh, <clears throat> back at the library, um, they, uh, based on some information that they've gathered, um, they determine that, uh, Professor Worth had found a large demon carcass buried in lava, uh, but thought it was a, uh, a dinosaur. They thought it was an un undiscovered dinosaur species. Because it's big. Uh, yeah. And they, this leads Giles to believe, okay, if it's the demon, if the mayor's trying to, wanted to keep this guy quiet, perhaps this is the demon that he is going to turn into. And if this demon could be killed, that means 
that the mayor's once the mayor turns into this demon, he can be killed. Um, so helpful information to know. Yep. Um, Buffy uh, has Angel. She brings Angel to the library, and Giles takes the arrow out. Uh, unfortunately, I love. I love when she, they're like, "We're gonna pull it out on three, one," and they pull it out on one, and Angel just goes, "I knew you were gonna do that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they know each other. Um, but the uh, but yeah, Angel actually doesn't start recovering from the. W- from the wound in fact it gets worse mm-hmm. and um giles believes that there's some kind of poison on it so he'll have to run some tests and by he'll have to run some tests he means willow's going willow's to run the test. test um he uh he and uh wesley says that uh oh the watcher's council has a list of uh, all known poisons and toxins so uh he'll try to get help from them mm-hmm. and i like that i like that um Wesley, I mean, he still has his doofy moments, but at this point, Wesley is fully invested in being a member of the Scooby gang, Mm -hmm. and he more or less accepts the unorthodox way of doing things. Yeah. um, Because, hey, they get results. Mm -hmm. And also, I think Wesley's come to realize that he's fucked up enough that... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that he, maybe he should leave things in more capable hands. Yeah. Well, and I will say, as he r- lets go of his resistance to their methods, he also just, and he works as a part of the team, he becomes more capable. Um, and he mm-hmm. he sees where his value can lie and what he can do to help. Um, and yeah, as you said, he's still goofy as shit. But, <laughs> um, you know, we are seeing an arc for him. Um, you know, if, if Angel had been poisoned in, you know, the, his first or second episode, he'd be like, whatever, I don't give a shit. Um, so, um, they do make the comment that, uh, they need to call everybody and so they can like pull their resources. But I love how the Buffy wiki says this. Buffy thanks him in reference to, uh, Wesley offering to ask the Watchers Council for help. And Willow's afterglow is cut short by Buffy's call for help. Oh. Wow. I, I love props. That. Props to this author, because damn, what a great way to put that. I mean, it's exactly right, though. It is so... <laughs> it's so fucking accurate to what happens. Uh, because they're, you know, they're having their post, post-coital uh, moment... And yeah, the phone rings, and Will is just like, "We gotta go." Um, <laughs> Avengers assemble. Um, <laughs> oh, you went with Marvel. I went with DC. <laughs> nice. Cover our bases. Cover our bases. Yeah, there we go. Um, they. This is though basically uh, Willow or Wesley comes back and uh, tells them that uh, Wesley comes back and tells Buffy that they're the council. They don't. They're not going to be getting any help. Um, not that the council can't help them. It's that the council won't help them because they, as he says, they don't, uh, they, they don't help vampires. That is yeah. that's what they do. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. I, I do love that Giles 
is like, didn't you fucking explain what's going on? And Wesley, I like that Wesley stands up for himself here and says, yes, I did. I did explain that there are like mitigating circumstances and they're still refusing. Like he, I feel like Wesley can't really do much more than that. Um, Yeah. But then Buffy says that, you know what? Fuck the council. I'm Mm -hmm. done. And honestly, I don't know why she didn't say fuck the council back in helpless uh, <laughs> which she kind of did, but I think now she's pretty much done with yeah. it. And yeah, and Wesley says like, "Oh, well, this is mutiny." And I, I know this will step on what we were just saying about Wesley, <laughs> but at the same time, this is what Wesley has been trained for. This is yeah. this is basically what every watcher is trained for you obey what the council says and follow the precepts of the council so somebody even a slayer saying that everything that you've known is bullshit that um that is obviously a very turning thing and that it'll Mm -hmm. cause you to react defensively um yeah it's well of course this is we're seeing wesley is very much um part of his character purpose is to be um is to highlight giles's development as a character because giles was very like season one early season two very like we're by the books do everything the council says um and he, but you know as he's grown it's he's like yeah he has the same fuck the council attitude that buffy has um and wesley hasn't gotten there wesley hasn't experienced what they've experienced it's true. Um, he's no uh, he's no Gwendolyn Post. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, and I love when he tells her like this is mutiny. She says, "I prefer to think of it as graduation." Um, oh! Oh, she said it. Yeah. But this is such a strong moment for Buffy because as it, she's never had the highest regards for the council, as we've discussed on multiple occasions, most particularly as you said in Helpless. But I think this is the first time... I think she's always, even though she doesn't regard them very highly, has always felt like she needed them. And I think this is the moment where she realizes, no, I don't need those fucking guys. Yeah, and Those it's, fucking people need me. And... And I mean, we have constantly... We have constantly uh, said on this podcast that the Watcher's Council is very much a representation of the patriarchy that rules pretty much all parts of society and mm-hmm. they see the slayers as their tools as their weapons so men keeping women down yep. for their own purposes hello it's a real uh, thing no <laughs> dropping uh, some truth she, bombs then she tells wesley to get a job <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh love that love that mic drop she's just like uh because she says she says basically until a new slayer is called like y'all can set up sh- close up shop because i'm done with you motherfuckers get a job wesley um, yeah and then she just walks out um love that so then we have and then we have a another great uh scene with faith and the mayor mm-hmm. and uh faith opens up to the mayor about um how she's well she's basically saying that she's so pumped after shooting angel that um and she did it uh to basically keep buffy busy um when she should be Mm -hmm. preparing for the ascension which wesley does point out and which is very much 
hey, that's a thing that's happening because they haven't mentioned the Ascension yet. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, and Faith is, now that Faith has done that, she's like, come on, send me out to kill somebody. And, and he's like, you're just a little firecracker, aren't you? <laughs> and this is when uh, Faith opens up about how, um, how her mom used, it was her mom who used to call her that, right? Yeah. And, uh, and he said, and she talks about a, um, she, she mentions her childhood, which she very rarely says things about the past. And when she does, it's usually Mm -hmm. with spite, but she talks about how, um, there was this, uh, quarry that, um, there were these rocks that people would jump off of. And she was the only one who would, uh, jump off of like the tallest rock and jump for the longest distance and uh and the mayor is basically just kind of beaming with pride and actually says like uh uh no father could be prouder Mm -hmm. um so he very much um knows that this is exactly the kind of relationship that he needs and i honestly it's something that i think about all the time when i think about this season is um are these feelings that are these paternal feelings that the mayor has for faith genuine or is he just kind of going along with this because he has a slayer at his disposal i am gonna have more thoughts about that next week right um but i do think they are genuine there or, are or they and, yeah and i can think genuine. of one scene in particular next week that makes me think that yeah but um i don't know if it I started d- out that if they yeah. started genuinely or if that was just a manipulation tactic but i do think at some point he has grown legitimately fond of her and legitimately cares about her um and and she him that doesn't necessarily make their relationship uh any less manipulative though um right that um because as we've talked about this this relationship between the mayor and faith is very much a dark mirror of buffy and giles's relationship yep um so as much as it's you know sweet uh and heartwarming in weird evil ways there is a kind of a layer of toxicity to it as well i mean yeah he still uses her as a tool in a certain in a certain sense um it kind of makes me think of cersei on game of thrones how like her one like redeeming trait was that her love for her children was was genuine and um but she still like she's she's just because she loved them genuinely she was still a shitty mom yeah um so um it's yeah it's like that it's a weird cross between this legitimate love but also this um beneficial relationship yeah uh but yeah but then mayor uh basically says oh hey go home we've got a uh got a big day and um he then decides to start chowing down on these big ass bugs yeah in the in the box of gavrock um and so willow uh Still in her afterglow. No. Um, <laughs> she, Xander, and Oz are in uh, the a science lab and basically running tests. And uh, also kind of uh, cross-referencing um, texts that they have. And uh, Buffy shows up. And um, 
she she says and Oz is like, hey, found like an account. We know what it is. We found an account of um of a vampire who actually did survive it, and it turns out that the only way to survive this poison is for the vampire to drain the blood of a slayer and this kind of like makes everyone a little worried and but buffy's like all right angel needs a slayer i'll bring one to him and uh and yeah this is like oh if like and willis says if angel drains faith's blood it'll kill her and uh buffy says like well won't if she's already dead so yeah yeah, like i mean (laughs) Faith has done something that uh, a lot of other villains don't do. They hit, but she has hit Buffy where where she lives. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's really easy to see how how Buffy got here. How this is how she has been pushed to this extreme. Um, and I love this scene. Xander tries to talk her out of it, and uh, he. Um, Oh gosh, I, I wish I'd written it down. He says something. Uh, he says something along something along the lines of like, "I don't want to lose you." Like, like if you kill her, like that's it. You will have murdered someone, and yeah. I don't want that for you. Um, but uh, Buffy's Buffy's not. Buffy doesn't care. It. Yeah, she's. And, and she takes out the jackal. She's like, I know the perfect knife to gut that bitch with. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, and uh, they basically, um, Willow and Oz are able to uh, locate Faith's apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, they basically realize that, oh, the mayor's probably paying for Faith's apartment. So they're cross-referencing um apartment like available or newly purchased apartments uh with uh, municipal mm-hmm. funds so yeah which is cute that they're doing they're... that together so cute and um... then there's like this really cool montage of um of like angel kind of suffering um faith beating up a punching bag and uh yeah and then uh she turns around and buffy's there and she is in Probably her most iconic look, the mm-hmm. uh, the red pants and the black shirt, this case uh, accompanied by the uh, black jacket, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which means summer in California, so. <laughs> and it's um, it's also just interesting that we're, we've got Buffy in such dark colors while Faith is wearing a white shirt. Um, yeah. So just interesting dynamic there costume-wise, and uh, it... Of course, part of the reason uh, she's wearing white is because of what Buffy does later in the scene. Um, because yeah, no, nothing brings out blood better than a white shirt. <laughs> um, that's why um, on Orphan Black, anytime uh, uh, Helena would be wearing white, I was like, "Oh, people are getting murdered! Somebody's going to get cut!" <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, um, and Buffy says that. Uh, so Faith is kind of rubbing it in Buffy's face, like, oh yeah, you know what? It was my idea. Mayor got the poison, but I was the one who thought of poisoning Angel. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is sadistic as shit. Yep. Um, 
That, like, we'll just kill Angel in front of her. We'll, like, poison Angel in front of her and make her suffer. And, or, uh, her, like, her options here are, for this poison, is watch Angel suffer and let him die. Or, um... Put him out of or, his misery. Uh, put, or, or let him uh, drink her. Well, she um, doesn't know. Faith doesn't oh, know that there's that an antidote. True. You're right. Yeah. Faith doesn't that's know about true. the cure. This is when Buffy tells her. And, um, yeah. and so right. and Faith that's when is like, like, oh, uh... well, you're never going to take me alive. And Buffy's like, yeah, that's not going to be a problem. And uh, so that's when like Faith is really, uh, really like, oh, look at you. Mm. And then they fight. And this but first, but first Faith says, give me a kiss. And then Buffy punches her. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Slayer kiss. As, uh, it's like the Vulcan, the Vulcan hello, the Slayer kiss. <laughs> As Florence and the Machine would say, uh, a kiss with a fist is better than none. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I think we should spend some time talking about this scene. But before we do, there is one more important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, excuse me. Giles eventually fi- figures out finds the name mm-hmm. of uh of the demon and so they go into the uh the bookshelf and pull out a book with, that has that a picture of the demon in it and uh, that's when Xander makes the comment like wow it's a good thing nobody checks these things out <laughs> um yeah. and uh this is such a a really good way to uh emphasize just how crazy big this thing is um, the fact that there's a fold-out image. <laughs> that we don't see the image. All we see is that it folds out over three pages. Yeah. And Xander... I gotta say, this might be one of Xander's better pop it's culture really quips. Really We're gonna funny. need a bigger boat. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. I think just in general, this is a... I mean, Xander didn't do a lot, and maybe that's why I'm gonna say, this is a pretty good Xander episode. Um, like... None of his. He's effective. He's very yeah. effective in this. Yeah. None of his worst traits are on display here. Like his quips are pretty funny. Like his scenes with Anya are like they crackle. Um, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it up for Xander this week. We'll yep. see how, guys, how long just, that lasts. Guys, that's a not, not a huge spoiler, but there's a um, you got lots of good uh, Xander Anya material coming up. Mm-hmm. Um. They, um, I also just, while we're, before we get into this, because there was one scene I mentioned, I, we we kind of skipped over earlier. It was very short, but um, I just wanted to bring it up because I liked it. When uh, Willow and Percy have their conversation where he, oh, like, yeah. he he's like, I got a B minus on my history. And Willow's like, that's great. I'm so proud of you. You've worked so hard. And he's basically just like, well, I was worried you'd beat the shit out of me if I didn't. And Willow's <laughs> like, well. Like you did at the bronze. Yeah. And she's like, that was okay. <laughs> for your own good. That was for your own good. That's right. That's... Um, I really like that Willow just kind of, just like, all right, I'm just going to go with that. We're going to. Uh, and then he's just immediately is just like I I'm like so grateful for your help. Like now that I've done well and I like past history, I never have to think about it again. <laughs> and then <laughs> Will is just like, oh, uh, but I've enjoyed this I little mean, uh, arc that Percy has had as a extremely minor character. But you know, every appearance that he made was wonderful yeah like it 
the the fact that Willow supports him a lot in earshot and um and then just like when he gives her the apple at the end of Doppelgangland. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's charming. Um all right, are we ready to talk about this uh, fight? Yes. This is my maybe my favorite fight scene of the show possibly i i don't think it's i've ever good i mean scenes but because i mean we we've only had like little taste of it so far um mm-hmm. a slayer fighting a slayer um there's it's only it's usually interrupted by something or there's some way of like making sure that buffy and faith aren't fighting each other yeah um because and i'm pretty sure it's because time. they were saving it up for this yes this is the first fight that they've had, if I recall correctly, since she turned. Every time they fought before she went to work for the mayor, they were still they were still allies, even though they were fighting. Yeah, so there was they were just kind of pissing each other off. And... Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and they and they were holding back. This is the first fight they've had one since Faith has turned, um, but also since. Um, where Buffy is at the same level um, as a Faith that Buffy is willing to kill. Um, yeah. And of course, we know Faith is willing, always and willing to, to kill. kill. As well. Yeah. So you know, this is the first time they are there. There's no holding back. Um, this fight does not end from their perspective with both of them alive. Yeah, um, I love which um, is intense. Yeah, I love when she uh, she pulls out Faith's dagger and says, and Faith sees it and she's like, that's mine. And Buffy says, you're about to get it back. <laughs> Damn, love that. That is, that is cold and I am here for it. It is uh, yeah, one what, of Buffy's best quips. I have to say, um, when, uh, when Buffy handcuffs them, it uh, seems a little... <laughs> chains and whips excite me um it's it seems a little uh premature i'd say um it's like okay i understand if like maybe you're able to like beat the shit out of faith and then she's like unconscious or whatever then you handcuff her but um it doesn't make sense when you're like still both in the middle of the fight but i think they did that just so that they could just that the fight choreographers can be like hey let's have one where they're handcuffed together yeah why not it looked awesome it looks so (laughs) great and then when they um they uh and this this uh the way they uh are handcuffed uh leads to this moment where they both are thrown like basically kind of mutually throw each other out this window the window yeah and the fight travels from inside faith's apartment out to this uh like rooftop uh area um and uh yeah it's just such an intense um, fight faith does eventually break the handcuffs because hey that's what that's what she does and um faith is about to just throw buffy from the rooftop um but then buffy like gets out of faith's grip takes that knife and goes right into her stomach yeah 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 and faith is just like whoa you did it yeah and buffy is it finally catches up with her with what she's done Mm -hmm. and she just 
and it, it kind of helped it kind of is the same reaction that she had to when faith killed uh deputy mayor finch mm-hmm. it's yeah it's she's horrified by it and um but faith is gets in like one last little thing she's like hey you know what um she sees like a semi truck showing up and she's like yeah you know what still not gonna help your boy and she falls off the roof and onto the truck mm-hmm. and uh and uh before like we go to the we, also while the fight was happening um a vampire walks in on the mayor while he's chowing down on these giant things these giant insects and says like there's a Ooh. problem at faith's and uh mayor does show concern yeah and um but then truck drives away and uh buffy sees angel's cure drive away with her yeah and to be continued is real intense uh, <laughs> yeah um yeah this uh oh, so much like once again we you know we're in a, a two-parter um, so in a two-part finale, no less. So it is mm-hmm. a lot of setup. I mean, that's just the nature of, of being part one of something. But you know, I'll but even say, so despite good. it being set up, I feel like there's also a lot of payoff as well. Mm-hmm. Like we well, finally got to got see payoff. <laughs> yeah, um, we finally get an idea as to what whatever's going to happen to the mayor. It's going to be big. And it's mm-hmm. going to happen right in front of all the graduating seniors. Um, and uh, and we finally get the the Buffy Faith fight that yeah. we knew was going to come. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, it is setting things up. But at the same time, I like to think that it's all kind of payoff. Like, just mm-hmm. group these, like this and part two together. It's all payoff of the, of the story that's been building up. Especially since like the second half of of season three started, yeah. um, following amends and yeah, I, I I think it's great. I I really enjoy this as as much as I love becoming parts one and part two. This um, when I was first watching Buffy, this uh, this and the next week's episode really kind of like made me question like, oh, was I is this <laughs> the best one? <laughs> I mean, I'm very firmly in becoming parts one and part two camp right now. But, I mean, graduation day, it, it's ready to pull out all the stops. I mean, the stage mm-hmm. is set. We're ready, yeah. man. We're doing this. Yeah. 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 It was real strong. Um, any uh, any final, final thoughts about graduation day part one? You know, I think I said this for becoming part one, but, like, it's really hard to have any final thoughts on this knowing mm-hmm. that our next episode is part two. So I'm just going to go ahead and say, this is really good part one and save the rest of my thoughts for part two. All right. Um, though. Yeah. I think, I think this is such a strong episode. It has, um, yeah, I just, all the character development, everything works. As you said, the payoff that we get is great. And the setup for next week is, um, it's exciting. I'm excited for what's going to happen. Yeah, um, honestly, when I, I was watching this on Hulu, and one of the hardest things to do was not press the next episode uh, yeah. button. 
I'm like, ugh. I I cannot so good. imagine because I'm and we'll talk about it a little for, on next week's episode, but there was a delay for the finale. It didn't air um, until like mid July. This aired mid May. I cannot imagine that uh, that wait. I would have hated that. <laughs> like yeah, even a week would have sucked to wait, but um, like two months. Oh my god, no. Um, bravo to the Buffy fan bravo to the OG Buffy fans Mm -hmm. yes we salute thee Um, so yeah uh, graduation day part one Um, I'm gonna give this episode I think 4.5 out of 5 sorely lamented teal graduation robes I'm going to give it 4 out of 5 yummy Insects from the box of Gavrock. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, take us out, Jason. I'll do my best. Thank <laughs> you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with the season three finale, Graduation Day Part Two. It's finally here, y'all. Yay. You know, Jason, I'm starting to suspect that maybe the mayor might not be such a good guy. I mean, at least he keeps things clean. Yeah, we'll. I guess we'll find out next week. I still uh, think I'd rather have him be president than Trump. I mean, hell fucking yeah. <laughs> I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's C-O-F-F-M-A-N. You can also check out my blog, horrorbyharrison.blogspot.com, where I discuss a different horror movie every week uh this week's post was on the original the omen ah guys like that's that probably is my favorite horror movie it's so damn good and and you know what i've seen it a couple times still scares the bejesus out of me Mm -hmm. that's real good um yeah um and i'm jason you can find me on twitter at yami j and on instagram at yami j 357 uh you can find us booze and buffy on facebook instagram and twitter at booze and buffy or you can email us at booze and buffy at gmail.com the and is spelled out you can also find us on youtube where we will release a short video with each episode where we will discuss spoilers that we can't talk about on the podcast also Don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We really appreciate any feedback you guys can give us. Yes. Uh, Each week, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we're highlighting the Voter Participation Center. The Voter Voter Participation Center is a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization founded in 2003 to help members of the rising American electorate register and vote. Since then, the organization has helped more than five million, I almost said five people, more than five million people uh, register and cast ballots. Uh, Visit www.voterparticipation.org for more information. And if you haven't already, make sure you are registered to vote. Yes, this election coming up is quite possibly one of the most important elections of the decade, if not our lifetimes. Then, yeah, yeah, so register. You have a right to vote. You have a right as a citizen of the United States to vote. Exercise that right. 
And anyone who's listening who does uh, from outside of the United States, please do not register to vote. That's voter fraud. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you're probably in better shape than us anyway, so. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, as always, go slay. And be gay. Until next time. See y'all at graduation. Bye. As we go along, we'll remember all the times we had together.